President Trump says states should seriously consider reopening their public schools before the end of the academic year, despite the fact that dozens have already said it would be unsafe for students to return until the summer or fall. The president apparently really wants this. He's gone so far as to threaten an executive order that would undo no more teachers, no more books, no more teachers' dirty looks. Dr. Deborah Burks, a member of President Trump's virus task force, says that social distancing will be with us through the summer. And so will jokes about Tiger King. Obviously, come on. She fed her husband to a tiger. We're going to be talking about that for the rest of our lives. President Trump has said that he will bill China more than $160 billion for the damage the coronavirus pandemic has caused to the U.S. economy. Uh, Xi Jinping has responded that he's just going to add it to the tab because that includes a bill from President Trump last year for $11 trillion. Due to prehistoric violence, an area in southeastern Morocco has been dubbed by scientists as the most dangerous place in the history of planet Earth. Second most dangerous is a recently stocked aisle of toilet paper. And finally, Congress has canceled plans to return to session next Monday, May 4th. The decision actually has nothing to do with fears about the coronavirus, but the realization that Cinco de Mayo will coincide with Taco Tuesday and they're not going to get any work done anyway. The Trump Report starts now. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Welcome to the Trump Report. Very uh, happy to be socially distant and here to bring you whatever our look is on the news for another week. It's another Tuesday. I'm Christian Blatt, joined by Tamara Brown, who hey brought there. the funny along with me today. And of course, Chelsea Galicia and a very hey comfy couch. I don't, I don't even quite know where you are, but it's, it's, it's a lovely. mysterious bathroom. Yeah. yeah. It's either that or you're in a padded room. Because it, it, are you actually in a padded room because you have been watching too many, uh, you know, President Trump coronavirus debriefings? Uh, also, happy birthday to someone who decided he didn't want to celebrate with us. Scott Moore is his birthday today. I uh, can't believe he's finally 29. Good job, son. Uh, anyway. What, he possibly, what could he possibly have to do besides be on the Trump support today? He's doing other Zoom calls, apparently. So uh, <laughs> I guess he's fair. trying to carve out some time for himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway. Uh, I want to uh, always uh, check in and uh, see how uh, everybody's doing. Uh, we are for those watching live. Uh, let us know that you're in the chat, uh, and uh, I uh, just want to have a refreshing beverage here. So uh, I want to know how are you doing, Chelsea? I am disinfected from the inside Ooh. out. It's Thank tingly. you for sharing your Oro smoothie with me. Uh, and by the way, uh, for those that are just listening and you didn't see my prop, it's a, uh, believe me, this is an empty container of Clorox wipes. We haven't had any in weeks, but, uh, just thought that would be fun. Anyway, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, do you put think a little Monday, umbrella and a straw in it in your next show. Well, I have the, I have the, just the, the green Starbucks straw. I don't have any Perfect. of those fancy umbrellas, but if uh, Margaritaville delivers, I'll make sure to get some. I'll be like, can you give me some extra umbrellas? In any case, uh, there's so many things to uh, focus on. And and do you think that one day, Tamara, historically, we'll be able to actually get a ranking of the dumbest things uttered by our current commander in chief? And I feel like 
saying that maybe people should try ingesting disinfectant probably isn't number one on the list. It's just kind of the most current, you know? Right. I would like to think that in the future, this entire administration is just going to have an asterisk next to it. It's just going to be like the Astros winning the World Series. It's going to be like, yeah, it happened, but let's not count it on the same level as all of the rest of them. So uh, I, I would like to think that rather than have a list in the future of the dumbest things, which whoever would have to compile that list, that's, uh, that's a tall order. But I, I would rather this whole eight years, <laughs> I'm pessimistic, uh, just have an asterisk next to it. Well, there's uh, being pessimistic and then there's being realistic and uh, you don't want to ever give people uh, too much credit. I was reading a headline before, uh, you know, it's uh, it's easy to uh, make jokes about this and uh, I'm going to keep showing the Clorox wipes in case that this means that they'll send some to me because I haven't even seen them in stores in like two months. Uh, in any case, uh, you're reading about like hospitals and poison control centers are having increased incidences of people drinking bleach and cleansers and things. And when President Trump was asked about it yesterday, he literally said, I have no idea why people would be doing that. And, and look, he didn't say the words, people should try doing this. It was more like the question. The question. I, I think that that wouldn't, shouldn't we look into whether or not that helps? Okay, so you didn't say people should drink bleach, but you didn't say they shouldn't drink bleach. So, uh, Chelsea, I know that a lot of these three years have been, you know, exasperation piled on top of new exasperation, but uh, where are we at when it comes to saying that maybe people should at least consider drinking bleach? Uh, You know, I saw a lot of people posting about how, well, there are really some medical grade disinfectants like formaldehyde uh, and, and defending him in that way. And yeah, sure. The problem is it's not exactly the words he says. It is the consequence it has to people that uh, that hear them and hear disinfectant and think Lysol. It's the association with the masses. We don't think disinfectant and think like, uh, I don't know, I think uh, maybe apple cider vinegar is also a dis... I I don't know, I'm just saying that there probably can be some safe human disinfectants that are medically sound, but that's not what people think of. And uh, real leaders are responsible for the not just the words, but how the words land on the listeners. And that's just one more example of how he's not really a true leader. And this isn't political. This is just when you look at Leadership 101, it's not just the words, it's how it lands with the audience. And so, um, I mean, I, I, I don't know if it had any bearing on people who voted for him before, which is I'm hoping it slowly does. Um, but I just thought, Well, all right, one more. And I guess this is Darwinism also. And I think the problem is because we don't promote critical thinking in this country with our education anymore. And I guess that's the result of too few years of education. Let's not be too hard on education today because of uh, the simple fact that uh, most education is happening the same way we're doing the show on a little split screen and, you know, 30 little tiny children split screens. So, uh, you know, I'm t- I know you're talking about the past, but we're, we're going we're gonna to say it's okay for right now. But you know what I bet? Any of those teachers right there would be like, oh, and by the way, make sure you, you don't drink bleach, you know. Yeah. Well, kids probably know it's, better. It's not those in direct instructions. It's the ability to think critically. Like when you hear somebody say, maybe you should try disinfectant, that you think, 
well, what do I know about disinfectant? That it disinfects and it kills, you know, viruses and bacteria, maybe, but does it also kill me? And so nobody ever told me don't drink bleach, but I still know not to do it because you put two and two together. And that's what's missing from our education is that we're told to memorize things, not how to put two and two together. Um, I think that the best defense of what he said, because I don't know if you guys have seen that, you know, a lot of his supporters are, he wasn't saying to drink it. He, you're twisting his words. He was just asking a question, which in any normal universe would be like, he was asking a really stupid question, but I think it was Dr. Burks, if not her, it was, an, it was another person that's, that's on the task force saying he didn't mean that he was just, he tends to just talk out loud rather than have an internal monologue. Uh, he thinks out loud. And, and I do feel like if, if there is a defense of what he said, it's that he has no ability to hold things just privately in his head or good Lord. If he does imagine what stays inside his head. But, um, but I, I think that is a better defense than trying to the people that are saying like, you know, he, it was just a question, you know, he wasn't instructing you to do yeah. that. And it's just like the, the, the lengths that people will bend over backwards to defend what he says. It, and ironic because so many people voted for him because he speaks the truth. He tells it like it is, yeah. uh, but yet to defend him, it's like, well, that's not what he meant. Right. Yeah. And, and a couple things. Uh, one, yeah. The idea that there are thoughts in his head that he, even he's like, no, that's too stupid. I can't say that. <laughs> like what, I, like, I want to know what those ideas, I'd like, I'd like him to jot those down and he can publish a book after he's not president anymore. I'd like to know like stuff that's too dumb for me to say, but then also this idea of like, oh, I was just joking. I mean, I think, you know, I, I think that that's sort of like, you know, that's like, okay, that's like me in junior high, like asking a girl out and then be like, no, of course I was just joking. <laughs> I didn't oh, really watch it. I, okay. I, he, he didn't, more specifically than joking, he said, I was being sarcastic. And that yeah. really struck a chord with me because I'm already so frustrated with people's overuse of the word sarcasm, sarcastic. <laughs> it's ironic. It's like on people know what it means. Apps, on dating yeah. apps, 90% of dudes on dating apps will tell you how sar- I'm, uh, I will make you laugh. I'm mostly sarcastic or fluent in sarcasm. And I'm like, I don't think you know what that word means. Like, even if he was trying to say, like, even if he was trying to say he was joking, President Trump, if he was saying that I was sure. joking, that's not sarcasm. I don't think yeah. people know what sarcasm is anymore. It drives me insane. Well, to Should he let Alana Morissette knows and to, to ask her to write a new song. Yeah, I was going to say to, to, to Chelsea's point, it's the new ironic. It's like 10,000 spoons when all you need is a knife. You <laughs> know, literally. Uh, so, it's the use of literally. It's that. Literally. And yeah, look, the, I, I'm, there's, there's plenty of clips, but the one that I saw was from Fox News Channel's The Five, where they were just like, oh, obviously he was joking. He was being sarcastic. I'm like, just, just be like oh no he said something really stupid you know people might hurt themselves or you could also just ignore it. it you know you don't have to defend it if you feel like your agenda is to not make him look bad great don't give some half-assed excuse uh i i saw a collection of headlines uh that they analyzed these virus briefings which by the way he said he wasn't going to do these these enemy press conferences anymore except uh he's still doing them you know he just said that he didn't want to do it but it's more like you know well, 
you know, uh, um, uh, you're not going to break up with me. I'm going to break up with you. And they're being like, okay, fine. That's fine. You know, just send the medical people out and we'll listen to them. No, 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 no. I'm totally sticking around. I was just kidding. I, totally I mean, saying. somebody was probably like, uh, able to convince him that it would really hurt his re- re-election numbers yeah, if, if he wasn't doing daily briefings. As with most of life, you can uh, shoot it through the, so- the show uh, Seinfeld when George Costanza quits his job and then realizes that, oh my God, I need my job. So he just goes back to work the next day. So it's sort of like that. Uh, the So the... Uh, the collection of sort of analyzing this, which you want to talk about jobs that require hazard pay, it's watching every minute of all of these briefings. So he spent two hours on attacks, you know, enemies, which include the media, uh, 45 minutes of self-congratulation, and most telling, four minutes of condolences for victims. Uh, so that's four minutes. Uh, that is uh, 41 less than he spent congratulating himself. And uh, look, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I think that uh, we've talked uh, last few weeks on this show as to whether or not it's important to show the whole press conference. I, I do. We did like what CNN was doing, sort of the pop-up video. I think you might've missed the week where we actually showed the graphics, Chelsea, but that was your idea, you know, to do I, the little- with Chelsea, I was going to tag you. I saw a tweet. Somebody, there was a tweet that was being retweeted and somebody was like, remember VH1 pop-up video? That's what we need to have to fact check on the briefings. And should that blow up any further? Like we have on record of the date of the Trump report when Chelsea said it first, I think. Yes. Chelsea, Chelsea, you said it first. We'll give you the credit. And uh, I I don't know. I just, it's almost like you, you know, it's like how you have like a a sign language interpreter. You almost need that person there. Who's, you know, got like a, a, you know, microphone there in the back of the room. Well, actually the fact of the matter is, and then, you know, on TV, you can actually pop it up. Um, I did want to uh, talk for a moment about Joe Biden, who uh, you may or may not know is uh, running for president. You know, you know, you have to look for him if you want to see him out there. You know, he's he's almost eighty. He can't he can't be going out there right now. Also, who's he having rallies for? You know, so uh, who's going? You know, so the uh, I guess the the question is. Uh, first of all, New York has decided not to hold their primary. Now, Ohio, if we remember a few weeks ago, they uh, delayed their primary. And so they're going to do basically a fully mail-in ballot. So we're going to see some impact on what that has. Now, I don't quite know what this does for Joe Biden with the delegate count. Uh, They probably, honestly, I don't think they're going to have the convention anyway. So uh, not an in-person convention. I think that they can do some kind of convention. So I I don't know if they're just trying to consider the fact that... uh, Oh, we don't need ah, who needs the delegates ah, who needs the votes uh what do you think about both of these things i'll ask you first chelsea just the fact that uh you know new york's like yeah we do this is not and by the way they're for at least for new york city they definitely shouldn't be going anywhere and standing around and, and touching the same push button machine yeah so when i first heard this that's the exact same thought i had i'm like listen you know i it doesn't make sense but then they are going forward with other elections um on that same day for, uh, for local uh, elections. So I don't, I don't really then understand why they wouldn't just include that extra question about who do you vote for, for president? Although they say, well, now that Bernie has, um, you know, canceled his campaign, withdrawn his campaign, he shouldn't even be listed there. And then Bernie people are like, well, he didn't, 
you know, withdraw, he suspended to allow his name to be on there so that delegates would still go to him and that he could have more sway in the Democratic platform, which, you know, I, I understand. At this point, I, I almost, the, the points that Bernie has been making for years and years and years almost make themselves at this point. And that became evident to me yesterday when I saw an interview on Yahoo Finance with Mark Cuban, who uh, a capitalist who leans libertarian was like, we need $15 minimum wage and federal jobs guarantee. And I nearly fell out of my chair um, because it's that obvious that we need the ideas of Bernie Sanders uh, right now, even to people like Mark Cuban. So um, yeah, Mark Cuban, who, you know, might very well have the year 2024 circled on his calendar. So maybe he's uh, thinking along those lines, you know, or, but, uh, you or, know or, I, I also or, heard him saying like, you know, like why, you know, cause he, he's the owner of the Dallas Mavericks. He lives in Texas. He's like, yeah, you know, stores don't need to reopen just uh, you know, order online and you can go pick it up like you do with food. You know, he's so he's uh, trying to take a, a pragmatic uh, approach to it, at least from his point of view. Sorry. What were you going to say, Chelsea? Well, yeah, I, I was I was going to to just say that yeah, here is a, a billionaire who's not known for his socialist policies, who is just saying that our trickle down economy. He's trying to save face. He's trying to say that it doesn't work now, and I would say it didn't work before coronavirus. Um, but okay, Mark, we'll give it to you. Uh, it's it just doesn't work anymore because you can have all the business going in the world. Everybody can reopen, but who's got the money to spend, or who feels confident that they can go out and and spend any discretionary money? So I, I think, you know, Bernie's agenda basically has to be maybe not fully, but almost pretty darn close has to be the agenda going forward for the Democratic Party, or they are just way too antiquated. They're like older than Bernie Sanders. And I wouldn't doubt if Mark Cuban is seriously thinking about going in on this election. He can be a right and third party candidate. You know, he made the point in that interview I saw yesterday that the two nominees, Trump and Biden, were not chosen in this time. They were chosen with a different set of circumstances. And so those two people are not exactly the relevant people uh, fit for the job as it currently stands with the requirements. Dr. Burks for president. Uh, she, she lost a lot of us recently with her whole media is slicey and dicey with headlines um comment i i, I think, think you I, meant dr phil tamara you meant dr <laughs> phil um where's he he hasn't been around <laughs> he got a star on the walk of fame a few months ago well see there you go it's, hey, but i i think now my, my vote those. my vote is for for mark cuban i i hope he well, look that that sort of ties into what the the, the way i wanted to phrase a similar question to Tamara, do you think that they're not worrying about the delegate count because of the simple fact that come July or probably August, I think is technically when the convention scheduled, that everybody just knows within the party that they're just going to put Hillary on the ballot? Do you think that that's probably what it is, Tamara? You know, she's making, did you, he, he's, Biden's making a, a speech today and Hillary is part, uh, they're like conferencing together. Did you hear that? I, I heard I something about it. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think it's announcement. <laughs> what that Biden will be her VP? Yeah, I think that would make sense. Actually, that's the first. Um, that's the first I, thing that makes sense. Yeah, I don't think that though. That's that's actually what's going to happen. But, um, but anyway, they are they are appearing together. Yeah. They're zooming together today. Scheduled um, to appear. Yes. Yes, but. Um, uh, 
yeah, I, I think I think I think that's exactly what you said. They, we we know Biden's going to be the nominee, and that's. Uh, yeah, well, maybe election would be more would take a little bit more weight in headlines than coronavirus news right now if there was still more of a race happening. But because there's not even before any of the coronavirus stuff started, that's that's why the election is so far back on the back burner than it should be. Yeah, I, you know, we uh, we did hear a universal basic income pitched. Uh, I think it was Nancy Pelosi. So all of a sudden, uh, Alan Yang's like, hey, come on, Yang Alan. Gang, where's everybody? You know, I mean, he's got a podcast. Might as well use that to get back into the race. So look, uh, we've, we've sort of talked about this a few times on the show, and I want to put a different spin on it. Uh, look, Joe Biden is doing a lot of press, uh, which you can argue whether or not he should be. The fact of the matter is he's not being asked by the media about these sexual allegations against him. And we've sort of talked about why it seems like people are are not as focused on them. But isn't it the media's job to at least ask the question? I mean, look, he's going to have some kind of standard response to it. But Tamara, let me ask you first, why do you think that no one's asking him about this when they're doing interviews with him. And you know, these interviews aren't like two minutes, you know, there's enough time where you could fit this in at the end. I don't know. I, I, in the past when we've talked about why isn't the sexual assault uh, allegations taking, you know, a higher precedent in media, we all kind of different aspects of it that, you know, because coronavirus is such the, a pressing issue right now. Um, you know, I do think that it's probably somewhat, not entirely, but somewhat due to um, media bias. And um, like I said before too, it's also just sort of, what, what, what can we do about it? We have to, liberals have to vote for him. And it's just sort of like, I, don't want to vote for a sexual predator, but it's he's the lesser evil of the sexual predators, you know? So it's it's almost sort of like, what's the point in a certain way? Um, I know that uh, Alyssa Milano is getting a lot of criticism on uh, both sides because she is 100% in support of Joe Biden uh, when she was, you know, so fighting so hard against the appointment of, of Kavanaugh and, um, I, I said on a, a, a conservative had posted yesterday that this meme of um, Alyssa Milano at the Kavanaugh trial, like holding up a sign saying, believe women and crying. And then her with a photo of Biden, like giant smile on her face. And, and I just commented, like all of, all of these people were weighing in with, you know, stupid one-sided memes. And I just commented, um, yeah, she's receiving mass criticism from the left too. And she said from day one that, uh, any male um, accused of uh, sexual assault, it deserves due process. So in her opinion, Kavanaugh received due process and she personally decided that um, she, you know, he's guilty. And from what she's been tweeting about uh, Biden's due process on it, she feels that he's innocent. So that's just her opinion. I don't think it's hypocritical. Um, it's just her opinion. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that uh, it, it is funny that we end up in a, a situation where 
you know, we're we're wondering, you know, what does uh, what does Alyssa Milano think about this? And you know, then you have to wonder. I mean, we you know, should really just make a segment on the Trump report, the Alyssa Milano corner. Yeah, well, I want to know where other uh, other daughters from uh, sitcom families want to know. You know, what does what does Marsha Brady think? Uh, you know, what does uh, Vicky the robot from Small Wonder think? What does Alf think? He's not even really, you know, but who do, who do all the sitcom people think? Uh, joining us now is our friend Brooke Salise. Brooke, thank you for uh, coming on to say hello. Uh, you came in right in the middle of a light topic, which is we're wondering why, you know, look, who cares what I think? We've got three ladies here who now can answer the question. Why do you think the media isn't asking Joe Biden about these uh, select, uh, sexual assault uh, allegations against him? Huh. Well, as far as Fox News goes, they're all over it. They have stories playing every single night about Miss Tara Reid and going back to when her mom called in, I guess, to Larry King live. Um, if the quote unquote mainstream media is not asking uh, yeah, there... no, the, que the question specifically is Biden's doing these interviews and he's done a lot of them now. And these allegations have, you know, only picked up. No one, you know, Anderson Cooper didn't ask him. Nobody's asking him. And so it's, you know, the, the media will cover it in the way that the media covers anything. You right. know, are, are people that interested? Are people going to tune in? But actually having an interview with him, no one's asking him the question. So that's specifically what I'm wondering. Yeah. You know, I've been playing devil's advocate a lot lately. Uh, a lot and trying to get both sides. And could it be that maybe Mr. Anderson Cooper is a little biased possibly? Or do you think he would, you think, are you trying to imply that Anderson Cooper would rather have Joe Biden as president than Donald Trump? Is that what you're trying possible. to say? It's quite That's possible. Crazy. That might be why. That might possibly be why that they're not going to bring it up the same way that Sean Hannity is not going to have Trump on and say, hey, you remember that one thing you said to Billy Bush? Let's go over that again. I mean, or by the way, the the allegations against uh, President Trump from throughout his life. Oh, uh, the know, many, many uh, allegations. Yeah. Uh, 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 go ahead. Sorry. I, yeah. I, but I, I was also going to say, Chelsea, I'm completely with you. Mark Cuban for president. I would vote for him any day over Biden and Biden bringing in Hillary Clinton today. I think it's a horrible, horrible move. I don't know what he's doing. I think she needs to just stay home and be done. But that's just me. <laughs> You may be home. Stay home and off Zoom. Off yeah. Zoom is what I meant. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Stay home let and her, keep the camera. Let her off. daughter yeah. be on Zoom. Like my daughter just took over my Zoom, which is why I was late because she needed it for school. By the way, so has, apologies. Uh, has has Izzy endorsed Biden as well? Is that why she was on Zoom? Because no, she, Izzy's she's not out a campaigning. Big... She's campaigning for Mark Cuban with you. She's more of a Cuban fan. She's yeah, not a big sure. Biden fan. Ever since she All saw right. those creepy Joe videos. I try to keep her away from him. Uh, so Chelsea, uh, same question. I'm just sort of wondering, you know, each of your thoughts on why, just just ask the question. You know, you're going to get a very prepared response, but they're not even asking him. Right. Well, because he's already said that it's not true, that it didn't happen. And so in my mind, what I have to do is say, all right, let's say, even if it is true, uh, I we have that, that, kind of complaint against Trump many times over. Um, and if these are my only options, I just, you know, I, I cannot vote for Trump and a, and a not vote is a vote for Trump because a, a non vote is always a vote for the person or the entity in power. That's just historically how it is. I think there's even a great quote about it. That's like, you, you, you really can't play like your 
neutral um, because you're always standing on the side of the oppressor uh, in the if you try and play neutral. So even if it is true, I, I would have to vote for Biden unless, you know, Mark Cuban is an option. But man, that actually makes things harder because, you know, is Mark Cuban going to be like the Jill Stein of 2016? Um, it's a it's a real possibility unless wouldn't it be great if if uh, Biden is like, OK, fine, fine, I'll be Joe, I'll be uh, Mark Cuban's VP or something of that nature. But um, neither Trump nor Biden is the leader of this moment of this time uh, of somebody who can say, dang, the way that I looked at things a month ago is not the same way I see things now. And, uh, you know, I wish that Mark Cuban would have said, you know what, this trickle down thing was always a joke. Uh, but now it's, it's, it's even, it's a joke. That's not even funny anymore. It's not gonna, it's not gonna work. Um, I, we, we have to switch away, switch around the way that we do things instead of it's like, well, it just doesn't work anymore. But the point is that unless the masses have money to spend, this economy will not restart and we're going to be in a very long, painful recession, if not depression. And we need somebody who will support the bottom, not just the top, because we need both to work in a strong uh, uh, economy. And I, I think Mark Cuban understands that. I don't think Biden does. Right. As much as he might pay lip service. Oh, we need sure. to help the poor and the middle class. But I don't think he gets the how. Right, absolutely. Well, uh, speaking of uh, restarting the economy, uh, we are uh, sitting here on April 28th. And uh, there are a number of states who have started uh, easing some of the restrictions. Uh, some of them, you know, uh, Brooke, you're a proud Texan. Yeah. Uh, Texas is uh, one of those states that, were, that was one of the first to say, like, okay, we're going to start easing some things. And I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. When I actually read what the plan was, I, I don't think I was 100% in. I'm like, okay, it sounds fairly responsible. You know, it was mm -hmm. a lot of like curbside pickup for retailers and things like that. So right. it wasn't like, oh yeah, we're just going to swing the doors open. So uh, it'll obviously be very interesting to see. I do find go figure. I do question some of the decisions made in Georgia, which are, uh, I know this is all over the news, but uh, tattoo parlors. Uh, and and look, I would love to get a haircut myself. I wish my super cuts down the street was open, but you know, it's not. Uh, bowling alleys. And, you know, we were talking last week about uh, some of the, you know, the, the gym lobby and things. And I'm like, man, I didn't know that the tattoo and bowling alley lobby was so strong in Georgia. But you also have Governor Kemp like not speaking with the mayor of Atlanta, the biggest city in Georgia and being like, hey, what do you think about this? Just being like, no, no, no it's fine. Everything's going to be okay. So uh, I wanted to ask each of you sort of what your thoughts are on the states that have already started, started easing some restrictions. And look, they all say that they're doing a tiered reopening, which I think if you're going to do it, it's very responsible to do that. But uh, just sort of general thoughts on all of it. Uh, I'll ask you first, Tamara. Well, I, I think it's too soon to tell because, I mean, you know, clearly if you're paying attention to the science and the experts, it's a bad idea to to ease restrictions right now. Um, aside from, I think it was the, there was like a leader of a North Carolina uh, Facebook group uh, to, to liberate North Carolina and ease restrictions. And uh, she has tested positive for coronavirus. So um, until, you know, it starts spreading in these areas where 
people are easing restrictions. I think it's too early to say like how, how things should be implemented. I mean, my opinion is, you know, like stay on lockdown, just like they're advising, but um, yeah, it's too soon to, to tell the consequences of what's going to happen. Yeah. Look, and it's a, it's, very easy to judge the decisions that leaders in other states are making, but uh, all all four of us are in Southern California, and I think we all saw pictures over the weekend of people who went to the beach. And you know, as a, a friend of mine who's younger that I work with on my day job, just trading messages with her, and it's like, oh, but you know, it's it's Southern California. Like, you can't tell us we can't go to the beach. I'm like, what are you, you crazy? That's exactly. I can't believe the beaches are open. I'm just like I don't know. I mean, don't you don't you? Well, they're not now. They closed Newport Beach since right. so many people was so crowded. Yeah, but just the fact that everybody was like, oh yeah, but it's hot. Okay, yeah, but you know it's really dangerous. Yeah, but I don't think you understand. It's really hot, you know. And going to cook the virus or something. I don't know. Look and look. I want to show off this beach body just like everybody else. All right. Look, I I've got a hankering to get out to the beach, but I know it's not safe. So I, I don't know. There's there's a little bit of that, Brooke. I mean. Who are we to judge some of these other states? But we can still be concerned for them. You know, I think that there's a terrible narrative online that is because of the politics of some of these places that they hope that it gets worse. And I'm like, well, no, that's that's not good for any of us. You know, I look, I would love for all of a sudden it's like, you know what? Actually, opening the bowling alleys and tattoo parlors was the smartest thing we could have done. Everybody should open. I'm like, great, I was wrong. That sounded stupid to me, but you know, look how it it turned out. So I don't know. What do you think about all of it, Brooke? So I think that we ultimately did the right thing as a nation with everyone closing completely. We saw that that the curve was flattened, the things weren't as bad. I think because of our actions, we are where we are in terms of, especially in California, we've done so well. But I also think we really do have to take a practical approach to this now because there are people who have lost their jobs. We might be sitting great and fine in our homes and have food and and we're able to quarantine for another couple months. But there are people who, before this happened, were already living at poverty level don't have the means to continue to live. And I wouldn't want to see people die because of that too. And I'm not saying let's sacrifice grandma, like a lot of people are saying, but I think we just have to be smart about it and practical and, and make sure we take care of our vulnerable populations and, and, and move forward kind of the way that Texas is. They, I do think that they're, they're being practical about it, not opening everything up at once, you know, 25% capacity first. If you're still a vulnerable population, stay home. Um, because people, there are people who do need to get to work. I mean, just imagine if you are a 25 year old who lives by yourself and you're a bartender and that's the only way you can feed yourself, literally get money to eat and you don't come home to someone who's vulnerable, um, you'd want to get back to work. And even if you might potentially risk um, getting COVID, we already know by looking at the statistics that if you get it based on statistics, it's very unlikely that you're going to die for it. Of course, there's that crazy one or two cases or however many cases where a 25-year-old can die. But if you're a healthy 25-year-old, the likelihood is very low. And I'm not relate. I'm not trying to compare it to the flu or anything like that because we know it's very different, way more lethal, way more contagious. But I think that at this point, we can't keep everyone shut in forever. So I do think that Texas is is being smart about it. And hey, they want to be the first state to kind of be the petri dish, so to say, and we'll see what happens. That's their choice. Um, yeah, I think when I, I, when California opens, I'm probably still not going to go out. 
Oh, my mother-in-law yeah. lives no, no. I mean, with us. My, look, uh, you can probably uh, uh, relate to this. You know, my wife and I talk a lot about uh, our kids are small, so they're in like a preschool, a private preschool. And look, we we love our kids, but what we love more is uh, when we get to drop them off somewhere and not see them <laughs> for like eight hours. Yeah. But when their school reopens, we're not ready to uh, actually. I know I turned off my picture. Sorry, that was, I, I, I hit the enter button. Like who's that? Thing. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, in any case, uh, you know, so when the school reopens, we're like, as much as I want to drop them off, look, I would drop them off there today if I felt like they could play in the yard by themselves and not hurt themselves. But as much as I would love to drop them off when school opens, it's like, let's see how it goes for a couple of weeks. You know, so if like this, if school opens at June 1st, uh, which is optimistic at this point, doesn't mean that we're actually going to take them back. So uh, I, I think it's very interesting to see how it goes in all these other places. But you see here in Southern California, the numbers were going down and now they're going like way back up, you know? Yeah. So I, I, as much as I want there to be the end and I can understand it, I, I think that, look, you at least uh, do it responsibly. But mm-hmm. uh, Chelsea, what do you think about some of these approaches that the states are taking? What do you think that Southern California, California, you know, uh, the Bay Area has already extended their stay at home order through the end of May. I saw that. And the whole state hasn't yet, but usually, usually we're a couple of days behind that part of the state. So I, I feel like that's going to be us before we know it. Yeah. About a week ago, I had thought that California, that we were already like past the peak and that we were already downhill. But then a few days ago, we had the highest number of deaths in 24 hours was 115. And I remember when we had less than 115 people die in the whole country. And, and that was huge. So we're almost becoming desensitized, I think, to these numbers. Uh, I don't yet think that we're ready to quote unquote reopen. Um, I don't think that that's a good term. Even if businesses can do it somewhat responsibly. The thing that happens is that the rest of the people think, oh, well, we're reopen. The government thinks it's safe and people start gathering again, even though it's not yet safe. So I think um, the, the problem is, and I agree with Brooke about the problem. The problem is, is that you have people who are living way too close to the poverty line or in poverty and they but the solution that they have to work is where I would see things differently. That I would say that for years and decades, we have given subsidies and cuts and all these free giveaways to big, huge companies to let them flourish. And I think now is the time to be like, hey guys, you know, we, you rode the gravy train for a long time. Now, you, I don't know how, but we're going to have to pass that along to the people at the poverty line so that nobody feels that they have to balance. Like, do I risk getting sick or do I risk you know, losing everything. I mean, I, I don't see why we have to do that. What I, what I wish is that, you know, the states could help their people more, but the states themselves are running out of money. And Republicans are saying, well, if the states don't know how to run themselves, you know, forget them, they can file for bankruptcy. And I'm like, well, why weren't you saying that to big companies who were running out of money in 16 days? You didn't say, well, those, that's the responsibility of those poorly run companies. Let them go into bankruptcy. Why the double standard? Um, so, you know, I think now I, I've got the double standard. We've helped businesses, big businesses for a long time. Enough with that. We're going to take that and we're going to now direct that to, uh, 
to people who are, are, are less fortunate and who have less resources. Um, right. And this is sort that- of this, this ties into what we were talking about last week. I think that making these sort of institutional changes are a, a great idea, but for the same bartender, for somebody who works in the service industry, in terms of uh, where's the fix for right now, you know, it'd be great long-term. What's that? More you said unemployment. But if you, if you just Google unemployment, you know, go to news.google and type in unemployment. So many people are having trouble even signing up for it because the systems aren't equipped for it. Uh, you're finding people who think that they qualify for it for whatever reason aren't. So, and also look, unemployment isn't 100% of your salary. And here's the, here's the worst thing about people in the service industry, bartenders, uh, waiters, waitresses, your salary takes into consideration that you make tips. So what is on the books for you is a very low salary. And usually it's like, yeah, I, I make an extra, you know, $200, uh, you know, a, a day because of the tips. So look, I don't, I don't think there's a good answer. And I'm just sort of putting, you know, a different angle on it. I, I think that the government should be able to help people. But I don't, I think that for people who need to go back to work, because they don't know how they're going to be able to, you know, to, to, well, first of all, you know, not everybody's getting their rent forgiven and people have bills to pay. They have uh, food that they, yeah, they got to buy food. So I, I understand all of it. It's just I, I see the desire to at least start opening it in places where they feel like it's under control. Uh, you, you do wonder about places like South Dakota that has never closed. I believe Finland has never closed. And I know that that's not a state, by the way. I'm just using it as an example that you see the numbers out of Finland. It's just, it's going up at an astronomic rate. And they're like, yeah, we're good. And it's like, really? So I, I don't know. And I think, you know, there's a, somebody in the chat that had a lot of comments and you know, their, their desire is to have things reopen. And I think that, uh, look, there's reasons why we would all like things reopen. It's just be smart about it. Hopefully everything goes great in places like Texas and Georgia. You're seeing more states starting to do that. Uh, look, unfortunately, if you live in New York City, you know, maybe by the fall, you know, things will start to to ease back. But it's just uh, yeah. it's it's Rachel, too hard to predict anywhere. Go ahead. Let me ask you, is there such thing as safe, unprotected sex? <laughs> You're going to ask me that. <laughs> <laughs> it's you could be lucky in the process. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 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 Chelsea. Yes. Chelsea. It's called a towel. OK. <laughs> Um, All right. I mean, that's the method I always practice. You just I only practice have two certain kids. Methods. If you practice certain methods, it seems to prove to work. Well, yeah. That's the I, thing about you being safe about it. It's, it's really, it's just like, really, how are you going to do that? Like, listen, if we were going to open up something, it would be drive in movie theaters. There's, you know? there's, there's one open not far from here out. Uh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I've been talking to my wife about possibly going. There's a, there's the a driving. Tiki movie theater. Something. Yeah. The Tiki. Yeah. It's like out near like Dwarfy or whatever. And I'm like, and, what? That's and not the, far from here. I need to check that out. But like, yeah. that is the only business that I can think of that can. Well, I, I mean, well, honestly, why don't you translate that to drive in stand-up comedy, drive in uh, new music performances, the problem is, of course, people need to go to the bathroom. That's that's why my wife and I are having a little bit of a back and forth on depends. this. And I'm like, well, yeah, it depends. I'm like, oh, look, I'll use a Gatorade bottle. I'll be fine. You know, it's fine. You know, our our, our daughter is still in diapers. So it's like, it's just another day for her, you know? <laughs> but uh, so, mean, yeah. Our grocery stores are open, though. Costco is open. They're, they're running at 25% capacity. They're requiring masks, requiring gloves, requiring, or not gloves, but, you know, wash your hands. 
If you've seen some of the videos on how potent this virus is, it's actually a very weak virus. If you're washing your hands, taking precaution, not putting your hands on your face, there's there's scientific evidence to show that you can be safe about this. I don't think that yeah. everything should open up like barbershops and, and bowling alleys. Bowling alleys aren't so necessary, but if we slowly open things up, we don't have to be, I don't think we have to be so fearful and well, keep we, grandma we, at home. I mean, I, I hear all that, but then there's one number, 53,000 people have died in one month. This is a weak virus. It's not that contagious. Just wash your hands. 53,000 people. And do you know the numbers, Chelsea? And I'm not, I'm actually, believe me, I'm like not leaving. I've been so cautious. We're not like seeing other family members. It's my fiance, his mom, my daughter, like we're doing everything. So I'm just on the other side of the board advocating for those who may want to start to see some normalcy. And do you know the numbers of people who have died from the regular flu each year? It's sure. 30,000 or so 36, even if it's 80,000, I saw that in one year, 80,000 people, but that's 80,000 over 12 months. Right. We've had 53,000 people. And I believe that that's an undercount. I believe that it's much higher. So mm-hmm. let, but let's just say 50, deaths. Yeah. Yes. I do believe that there are many deaths that because people were not tested and people died without being tested. And so they were not counted. Um, I do think that that number should be much. And I, and and it's probably possible that those flu numbers as well are, are incorrect. I mean, we based our whole shut in on faulty statistics, first of all, and people who may or may not have died from the flu, I'm sure it was, you know, heart disease, heart attack, pneumonia, whatever it was. I'm not saying that we should be um, cavalier about this and just allow our vulnerable people to die, but we really need an economist to come in along with these our, our health officials to really weigh and balance things because I do believe that that extreme poverty or economy falling so low that that will end up in the long term killing a lot of people too. I just I just want to take I just the way our economy works people will not have to make that decision. It is because we're trying to hang on to the kind of economy that we were running before COVID nineteen mm-hmm. that that economy, that version of the economy, that version of capitalism does need to go down with this disease. And out of that, a rebirth of an actual healthy economy. It's asking a lot. Yeah. Well, uh, unfortunately, oh, well, we, we've got, we to are, step up we are out of time. Uh, if you can take anything away from this conversation, it is that Chelsea has now given me the idea that the kind of reopening that we need to do that is safe but not safe is what I'm calling the just the tip reopening. And we're going to see how effective that is as to whether or not it works. Uh, Tamara, I had a question for you, but honestly, we ran out of time and I forgot it. So my apologies. I, uh, I'm going to ask you two questions uh, right at the start next week because uh, it's important at the time, but uh, uh, I, I don't know. I was just sitting on my joke for that long. Honestly, that's really what pushed it out of my head. But Tamara Brown, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at Hey Tamara on Instagram. And hey, guess what? You can find me at Hey Tamara now on TikTok. Whoa, Ooh. TikTok. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I don't know how that works, but uh, I know it's a thing for. It's so really fun. The Chinese government owns TikTok. The Chinese government owns everything. I mean, um, to the Brooke, China. Brooke <laughs> where can so. people find you? You can find me at Brooke Solis TV on Instagram and Twitter. And Chelsea Galicia, where do people find you? At Chelsea Galicia. 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, not TikTok, but at Christian DMZ. And uh, Thursdays on Popcorn Talk at the same time, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 Eastern for Marvel Movie News. Uh, that's all the time we have today. Uh, happy birthday to S-Man 80. Scott Moore, tweet at him. Wish him a happy birthday. And I'll go ask him, where was he? Where was he today? Scott, we love you. Take the day off. We do. Uh, all right. Thanks again to uh, everyone in the chat. And uh, we'll see everybody next week. Thanks. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.